You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. How many of you were here last week? We kicked off a new sermon series, Don't Drink the Poison. A miracle happened here last week. You got an 18-minute sermon. You're not going to get that this morning. That's what you get when you get the junior guy, right? 18 minutes. You can't even take a good nap in 18 minutes. That's what someone told me last week. They said, you know, Pastor, when you preach, we have an opportunity for a good nap. And said, Johnny, he was finished so quick, we didn't even get our nap out. I said, thanks for that word of, that word of encouragement. Well, last week we, we talked about it. And I want to kind of pick up from, um, I want to pick up from where Johnny left off last week concerning the poison. The poison we're referring to is not a substance like you see in this bottle. Uh, the poison that we're referring to uh, is the poison of offense. Like no one in their right mind would take a substance like this or something that had maybe the, the skull and the crossbones on it. You know what I'm talking about? It signifies something being poisoned. No one in their right mind would take a bottle of unknown substance that was labeled as poison and drink that. Like you could get really sick, right? Are you with me? Like you might be calling the 1-800-POISON hotline, right? Uh, maybe even it could cause death. So no one in their right mind would take a bottle that had the skull and the crossbones on it, signifying poison and ingested. And one of the things I've come to discover as I'm processing life with a lot of folks like you is that on a consistent basis, even on a daily basis, we are ingesting a poison. And it's the poison of offense. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems like everywhere all the time, like everyone's looking for an opportunity to be offended about something. Have you noticed that? It's not just in my world, right? It happens in your world too, right? I mean, it's just like people are, are, are on the edge. And if we're not careful, it's the poison of offense that we can ingest in our lives. And what happens is it, is it embitters our souls. It can rob us of joy and peace. It can wreck marriages and friendships. It can even detrimentally affect our relationship with God. So this issue of offense is a really big deal. That's why we're spending some time talking about don't drink the poison. I was reading an article the other day by Bill Apableza uh, about the present reality of our country, our nation, and people in this issue of offense. And in this article, he had... A couple sentences that I wanted to highlight for you, and they're there in your sermon notes this morning. You can follow along if you have those. He says, there is an epidemic spreading across the world, and we are the carriers of this uh, of the disease. It's called offendinitis, a skin condition whereby the thickness of our skin melts away to the point where everything offends us. Symptoms may include her feelings indignation, irritability, disappointment, grumpiness, and an all-around allergic reaction to anyone who says or does something we don't like. Is that not well stated? The statement of our present times. Like, we have a problem, and oftentimes we are the problem. And we like to think it's everyone else's problem, but it's oftentimes not everyone else's problem. Oftentimes we are the problem. As we discovered last week, you will be offended. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will be offended. Matter of fact, the only two things necessary for offense is this, is that you're born and you have relationships. So if you're born and you're alive, 
heart beating and you have relationships, then you have the opportunity for offense. And we have the opportunity for offense because we're processing life. You, you know the storyline. We're, we're processing life with a lot of messed up people like ourselves. I mean, just look around you. And what do you see? You see messed up folks. If you look in a mirror, you see a messed up. End. I mean, that's the reality. Like we're failure prone individuals. And in the midst of that, offense will happen. You will get emotionally injured. Matter of fact, just the other day I heard someone say this. I would like to apologize to anyone I've not yet offended. Please be patient. I will get to you shortly. <laughs> Isn't that great? Again, the reality is, is none of us are perfect. We do make mistakes. We say wrong things. We do wrong things. Therefore, we will offend people and people will offend us. In other words, we're presented this poison on a, a quite consistent basis. In those situations, though, we have a choice. We have a choice to make. You can drink the poison or you can pour it out. You can hold on to the offense or... Or you can let it go. In other words, you hold the power to determine whether you live offended or not. Let me say that again. If you don't get anything else I say this morning, get this. You hold the power to determine whether you live offended or not. You have that ability. Matter of fact, last week, Hebrews chapter 12, I don't know how much Johnny got into this, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says this. You are the bishop. You are the overseer of your own soul. So that means that you have a personal responsibility to, to guard, to guard your soul, to make sure that the poison doesn't get into your soul, that you do not choose then to live offended. So what we want, we want to guard our souls from the poison of offense. In the year 1987, there was a movie that was released. Maybe many of you have seen this movie, The Princess and the Bride. How many of you have seen The Princess and the Bride? Kind of a crazy little movie. But within this movie, there's a scene where there's this battle of wits that play out between two individuals who are having a duel or a challenge concerning a, a poisonous substance called alkane, alkane powder. And I want you to watch this short clip, and I want you to pay close attention specifically to what Wesley says at the end of the challenge. Okay, that's what we're going to catch, that last phrase. But watch this clip. What you do not smell is called iocane powder. It is odorless, tasteless, dissolves instantly in liquid, and is among the more deadly poisons known to man. the poison. The battle of wits has begun. It ends when you decide and we both drink and find out who is right and who is dead. But it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You've made your decision then? <laughs> not remotely. Because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows. And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. 
And criminals are used to having people not trust them as you are not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? Australian. Yes, Australia. And you must have suspected I would have known the powder's origin, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're just stalling now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? You've beaten my giant, which means you're exceptionally strong. So you could have put the poison in your own goblet, trusting on your strength to save you, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you've also bested my Spaniard, which means you must have studied. And in studying, you must have learned that man is mortal, so you would have put the poison as far from yourself as possible, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're trying to trick me into giving away something. It won't work. It has worked. You've given everything away. I know where the poison is. Then make your choice. I will. And I choose. What in the world can that be? What? Where? I don't see anything. Oh, well, I, I could have sworn I saw something. I, no matter. <laughs> What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me from my glass and you from yours. guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia. But only slightly less well known is this. Never go in against the Sicilian when death is on the line. <laughs> I am no one to be trifled with. That is all you ever need know. To think, all that time it was your cup that was poisoned. They were both poisoned. I spent the last few years building up an immunity to iocane powder. Did you catch the last line? Spent the last year building up an immunity to alocane powder. Interesting. I think in the same way, you and I can build up an immunity to the poison of offense. In other words, at times, because we're human, at times we drink the poison, but we can build up this immunity in that the poison of the offense doesn't settle into our souls, creating this bitterness. Um, We don't have to live as a victim. Right? We, we can live as the victor, not the victim. So we build up this immunity. And when we allow places of offense to grow in our lives, it can rob us of relationships, peace, quality of life, and the very plan God has for our lives. But the other side of the coin is when we choose to pour out the poison, this is what we discover. We discover freedom and peace and life and blessing. And we're going to see that playing out in a story I want to... I want us to look to this morning in Genesis 37. It's the story of Joseph. We're going to read just a portion of his story, and then I'm going to quickly summarize the rest of what happens through, uh, really, the end of the book of Genesis. And what's interesting in the story of Joseph is I believe we have an illustration of what happens when you drink the poison. We're going to see that in Joseph's brothers. And we're also going to see what happens when you choose to, poison, choose to pour the poison out. And we're going to see that in Joseph's response. 
Because Joseph didn't drink the poison. Therefore, there came a time and a day in his life where God turned his situation. It was amazing what God did in and through his life. But if you would, look with me to Genesis 37. I want to read the first three verses that sets this story. And then again, I'll quickly summarize the story. I would encourage you maybe this week to read the whole story. But let me read the first 11 verses. Genesis 37. It says, Jacob lived in the land where his fathers had stayed in the land of Canaan. And this is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. In other words, he was the tattle. How many of you know we already have our first place of offense, right? Verse 3 says, now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So what do we have? We have some family dysfunction playing out, right? I know probably none of you have dysfunction in your family, but there was in Joseph's family. He was like his dad's favorite. It was so obvious. And so now what we have another point of offense that's seated in Joseph's brothers. As you read on in the story, verse 5 says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. And then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down on the ground before you? Verse 11 says his brothers were jealous of him, but his fathers kept the matter in mind. So let me quickly summarize the rest of Joseph's story for you. Because Joseph's brothers drank the poison of offense, there was this growing hatred. There was this growing animosity in the family between Joseph and his brothers. One day Joseph goes out to check on his brothers. His brothers see him coming and they have this plot amongst themselves Hey, here's uh, dad's favorite. Let's kill him. Let's get rid of him. It began with a seed of offense, and now it's to a place of murder. Let's kill him. Well, God intervened in this situation. The, the oldest brother, Reuben, said, hey, let's not take his blood. Let's not kill him. Let's sell him as a slave. So they ended up betraying Joseph, selling him as a slave to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites then take Joseph down into Egypt. He's placed on the auction auction block for a second time. He's sold as a slave. And he ends up being a slave in Potiphar's house. Now, Potiphar was an executive to the Pharaoh of Egypt. And so Joseph is now a slave in Potiphar's house. And um, God was with him. That's what the scripture says. God was with him and prospered him even in the midst of his adversity, even in the midst of his slavery. And Potiphar noticed like this Joseph dude, man, he's like on it. 
Like he's getting everything right. Everything's ordered. My house is running so much better. I think I'm going to place Joseph in charge of my, whole, of my whole household. And he did. And then as the story unfolds, one day Joseph is in the, in the house and the boss's wife begins to seduce him. The boss's wife begins to invite him into a sexual relationship. Not one time, but uh, a number of times. And Joseph keeps saying, no, no, no. And then there was a day... Where Joseph was in the house alone, the boss's wife's there. The scripture says she grabs him by the outer garment. And now she's trying to pull him into the bed. Joseph leaves his outer cloak and he runs. How many of you know he did the right thing, right? He ran. He's running from the temptation. He's running from the opportunity. He's making the right choice. And the boss's wife was offended. She was offended because she was rejected. And out of the offense, she tells this whole story about how This Israelite man tried to attack her. So Joseph goes from being a slave to being in prison. Now again, all of this started way back here with his brothers who sold him into slavery. Now he's in prison. He doesn't know how long he's going to be in prison. He doesn't know if he might die in prison. But he's in prison. And the scripture says, interesting, again, read the story. The scripture says, and God was with Joseph in the prison. And he prospered him in the prison, in his adversity. And he became like um, leader in charge of the prison. The warden noticed Joseph. He was such a stellar young man that he placed him in charge of the whole prison. And as Joseph is now the lead in the prison, there's two men in the prison in the prison in prison with him that have dreams. One's the chief cupbearer to Pharaoh. One's the chief baker. Those two. Roles are significant to the story. Again, I encourage you to read the whole story. He, he interprets their dream, which then makes way for Joseph to interpret a dream that Pharaoh has. And the dream is about seven uh, famine year, uh, seven years of plenty and seven years of, of famine. And this is coming. And, and Joseph tells Pharaoh, he says, hey, um, you should find someone who's wise and discerning to prepare the nation for the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine. And Pharaoh says, well, you seem like you're the one. Interesting. In a day's time, in a day's time, Joseph goes from the pit to the palace. In a day's time, he goes from prison to being second in command of all of Egypt. There's seven years of plenty, just as Joseph interpret the dream and Joseph gathers all of these goods. I mean, he fills up all of the granaries in preparation for the seven years of famine. And the seven years of famine came just as God had revealed. And guess who showed up in Egypt looking for food? Want to take a guess? His brothers. Interesting story, isn't it? Interesting how God orders their life. The very ones who were offended and out of their offense, out of their bitterness, out of their animosity, the very ones who sold their brother into slavery are now standing before Joseph. Now, initially, they didn't recognize Joseph. Like they didn't put the whole story together until Joseph reveals himself to them as his brother. And Joseph then brings his whole family down into Egypt and provides for them throughout the seven years of famine. Rather than giving back harm, rather than getting even, rather than making them pay, interesting, Joseph chooses this. He chooses to bless his brothers, to bless the very ones who created this whole 
it was 13 years, 13 years of pain in his life. And so this, this morning, I want to take this story, and I want us to look at two sides of the story, because I think there's the brother's side, and then there's Joseph's side. I think it's the brothers that illustrate for us what happens when you drink the poison. Someone hurts you, someone takes advantage of you, someone injures you. It's real. How many of you know offense is real? I'm not saying it's not real. If someone slanders you, if someone abuses you, listen, that that pain is real. That emotional hurt is real. It was real for Joseph. I'm not saying that it's not real. It is real. But again, you get to determine how you respond to the poison. Do you drink it or do you pour it out? Do you internalize it or do you say, I'm not going to give place for that bitterness to grow in my life? So let's look to the negative. Let's look at what happens when you choose to drink the poison. And we're going to see that again in Joseph's brothers. The first thing is this. When you drink the poison and you're living with a point of offense, it breaks down relationships. Breaks down relationships. There's at least three points or places of offense in Joseph's story uh, where Joseph offends his brothers. The first is, is he brings a bad report. We don't know what the bad report was, but he comes tattletelling on his, on his brothers about what they did, and now they're, they're offended. The second point of offense is because of favoritism. How many of you know favoritism is never right? It's never right. So his brothers had a right to be offended. They had a right to be hurt because Joseph is getting this special treatment that they were not getting. But it became a point, a place of offense. The third place of offense was these two dreams Joseph had about his brothers bowing down to him. They didn't like that. And so we have these places of offense that that happen. And, And what we see is now the breakdown of relationships. We see this bitterness that's growing between Joseph and his brothers, and it's all because of the offense. And I would say the same thing, the same thing happens still today. When we allow, when we drink the poison of offense, it begins to break down relationships. In a marriage relationship, if you hold on to a grudge, if you hold on to offense, the marriage relationship begins to break down, right? In, in family relationships, if there's a point of offense and you drink the poison, you hold on to the offense rather than letting it go, family relationships begin to deteriorate. In the workplace, if you work with individuals, if there's a point and place of offense and you drink the poison, then we begin to see tension playing out in the workplace. But relationships break down. You drink the poison of offense. This is going to be the outcome of it. This is going to, what's going to happen is you're going to see relationships around you. Your circle of relations, relationships begin to break down. And it, and it breaks down relationships because when places of offense are not addressed, it feeds animosity. Interesting how there's this progression. There's the offense. There's the seed of bitterness that then grows to a place of hatred and and animosity. And we see this again in Joseph's story. Due to, due to the favoritism from Jacob the dad to Joseph the youngest son, the older brothers were offended. They were hurt, and again, rightfully so. And it's interesting how the scripture reads. It says they hated Joseph and they could not speak a kind word to him. And verse 8 says his brothers hated him all the 
the more there's this growing animosity because the place of offense was not addressed. It became that place of bitterness that created something that was was unhealthy. What we also see in Joseph's story is that offense is transferable from one person to another. Transferable. I think that as Joseph's brothers, the story doesn't really um, exactly say this, so this is a bit of my interpretation of the story. But I think that Joseph, as Joseph brothers were talking about Joseph, they were like fueling the offense. They were, they were like pouring fuel on the fire. I would assume that any time his name would come up, there was derogatory words. Maybe a bit of name calling. Maybe conversation that, that only made the family relationships more difficult. See, the offense was being transferred and fueled because it was not properly confronted and addressed. It can be transferred. Same thing happens today. We call it a secondary offense. And that if someone offends me, then someone can pick up my offense. And now they're offended because of what happened to me. And that, that offense becomes, it's almost like a, a disease that we're, that we're transferring. We see that happening in, in this story with, with Joseph and his brothers. And then what we see in Joseph's story is that unaddressed offense can allow toxic thoughts to grow, leading us to ungodly actions. Because Joseph's brothers drank the poison of offense, there was this toxicity, there was this bitterness that began to grow. And they came to the place that it had become, it had so eaten them up from the inside out that there came a day when they saw their own flesh and blood coming, their own brother coming, and they said, let us murder him. Can you imagine? They didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I think we're going to go kill Joseph. That sounds like a fun thing to do. No, there was a period of time, conversation. It was these toxic conversations and these toxic thoughts. And there's this bitterness that was seeded that began to grow. And it led them to this ungodly action. They didn't end up murdering their brother, but they sold him into slavery. And what we see in Joseph's story is what can happen when we drink the poison of offense, it can feed toxic, toxic thoughts that lead us to ungodly actions. Now, now, you would not physically murder someone. But have you ever murdered someone with your words? Don't get many amens on that, do we? <laughs> you would not sell someone as a slave, but you might set a plot that would hurt them for hurting you. And when we drink the poison of offense, it, it can feed toxic thoughts that lead to unrighteous and ungodly actions. So don't drink the poison. That's the whole point. That's what we see in this story. You don't want to drink the poison. Because when you chew, again, you begin to see all of this negative stuff playing out in your life. So when you're presented the poison of offense, you can drink it or pour it out. And this is what I love about Joseph and his story is Joseph chose to pour it out. So his brothers is the negative example, right? Are you with me? Joseph is the positive example. What did he do? He poured the poison out. Interesting, when his brothers stood before him and they come to realize that this was the very one that they had betrayed, they were scared for their lives. Oh man, what's he going to do to us? And what he might do to them, 
Have they had all these thoughts in their minds about how Joseph was now in this position of power and it was within his power to take their lives if he wanted to? As we go to the end of the story in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19, I want you to listen to what Joseph said. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he, re- he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Is that not amazing? He reassured them. He blessed them. He spoke kindly to them. He could only do that, friends, because he chose to pour the poison out. He not allowed the point of offense, the place of offense, the place of injury, the place of hurt, the place of betrayal. He did not allow it to be seated in his life, therefore to become a place of bitterness that would make him say, I'm going to make you pay. Rather than saying, I'm going to make you pay, he says, I'm going to bless you. And he spoke kindly to them. Why? Because he poured the poison out. What happens when you, when you choose to pour the poison out? So again, let me, let me set the stage for you. Every day, hear me, every day, you have a choice. I'm going to drink the poison or I'm going to pour it out. Are you with me? I'm going to drink it or I'm going to pour it out. So what can we learn from Joseph? Notice, notice how he responds. Notice what happens when he, when he chose to pour the poison out. The first is this, it frees you from bitterness and the need for revenge. Listen, bitterness and angst only comes when you drink the poison. If you choose to pour it out, then nothing unhealthy gets seated in your heart and soul. And because Joseph rightly responded to the offense created by his brothers, he did not feel the need to get revenge. He didn't feel the need like to settle the score. He was free from anything that was unhealthy. Why? Because he poured the poison out. Listen, just as Joseph poured the poison out, so can you. It's simply the choice. It's the choice to let it go. It's the choice not to hold on to. It's the choice. It's the choice to forgive. And when you do, here's the deal. When you do, God will forgive you and heal your heart. God will forgive you and heal your heart. See, if we choose to hold on to points or places of offense, then we put ourselves in a precarious situation. If we choose not to forgive or let go of the wrong, then we find ourselves in a predicament. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, or we might say it like this, when you forgive other people when they offend you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, if you do not let it go, when others sin against you, your Father will not forgive your sins. In other words, we've created a problem. When we're not willing to give grace to others and forgiveness to others, it hinders the very grace and forgiveness we need to receive from God. How many of you know every one of us sin every day? Come on. It's true. It's true. Why? Because we're human. It's not like I I get up in the morning and say, well, I wonder how much I can sin today. I, I don't do that. But in the reality of my day, man, I stumble. What do I need? Just like you, every day I need God's grace. Every day I need God's forgiveness. And this is what I've come to understand. If I want a free flow of God's grace and forgiveness in my life, then I've got to be willing to freely give that grace and forgiveness to others. If not, you find yourself in a predicament. 
Pour the poison out. And as we pour the poison out, this is what we are. We're positioned to be a blessing to others. And that's exactly what Joseph was to his brothers. Why? Because there was not a need to get revenge. There was not a need to make his brothers pay for what they did to him. Why? Because he poured the poison out. And because he poured the poison out, he could express kindness. He could express generosity to his brothers. Rather than cursing them, he was positioned to bless them. Why? Because he didn't drink the poison. And when you don't drink the poison, then you're in a healthy place where then you can be a blessing to others. Here Joseph is, he brings his brothers in and he, and he provides them for seven years. Speaks kindly to them, meets them at their point and place of need. And in Luke 6.35, Jesus said, but love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. So you can only love your enemies and you, only, you can only be good to your enemies if you choose to pour the poison out. You can't drink the poison and at the same time bless your enemies. It's the opposite. See, when we pour the poison out, we're positioned to be a blessing to others. And when we do that, it opens your life, it opens my life for God's work and God's plan. That's what we see in Joseph's story. Joseph became a man who was dynamically used of God, not only to save his own family, but to save millions of Egyptians. God worked that in and through his life. Why? Because he didn't drink the poison. He didn't become bitter. He didn't set out to get revenge. He didn't make his brothers pay. No, when he was presented the poison of the offense, he poured it out. And God was able to work in and through his life. Now, I believe the same will be true for our lives. As we choose to live free, as we choose to pour out the poison of offense, then we are positioned for God to work in and through our lives in amazing ways. But every day we have a choice to make. Do we drink the poison or do we pour it out? Do we play the role that Joseph's brothers played? And there was a fence with it. They drank the poison. And we see, the, we see the results of that. Or every day we can be like Joseph and we can, we can choose to pour the poison out. So friends, this is what I can guarantee you today. You will be offended. You will be emotionally injured. You will be hurt by others unintentionally and sad to say sometimes intentionally. You will be presented the poison. But again, here's the deal. I'm going to leave you with this. Every day, again, you have, you have a, a choice to make, you have a decision to make. You can, you can take the poison that's presented you and you can drink it or You can pour it out. And if you choose to pour it out, then you're going to find yourself living life free. Free from the baggage. Free from the, the injury. Free from the angst. Free from the bitterness. Free to embrace the fullness of all that God has for you. May we be those who on a daily basis are pouring the poison out. Amen? Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you today for this story recorded for us in, in Israel's history of, of Joseph and his brothers. Because, Lord, that's, 
that's a picture of what we deal with on a daily basis. Like Joseph's brothers, we're offended. Like Joseph, he was offended by his brothers. Hello, this whole scenario gives us a, Lord, a, some insight into what happens when we drink the poison and when we pour it out. Lord, my prayer today for myself, Lord, for our Grace Covenant family, is that we would be those on a daily basis who are simply choosing to pour it out, to pour out the poison of offense in our marriages. Oh, it's amazing, God, how we have a tendency to injure those who are closest to us, to injure those that we love the most with offense, places of bitterness. But in our family relationship, in our church relationship, in our work relationship, God, on a daily basis, by your spirit, by the help of your spirit, may we be those who choose to pour out the poison of offense. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.